0: Hello. Welcome to Sustainable 189. Welcome yourself all to Sustainable 189.
1: My temporarily get that? Temporarily, okay. Uh, discombobulated, temporarily backwards baseball cap wearing Chub. Well How I'm, I'm,
0: you? I'm I'm permanently a backwards baseball cap wearing kind of guy because I'm pleased um,
1: that the crisscross thing is still in. I shan't do the music <laughs> again, but yeah,
0: well, it's good. Well that that's very relevant to today's theme because we are gonna be talking about clocks, Dave, and going backwards specifically. We're gonna be talking about what happens when people go, hang on a minute. You know that whole turning the clocks back or indeed turning the clocks forward thing how about we don't do that and do something a bit more sensible which means we don't have to have the lights on as much uh so we're going to be talking about turning back
1: time just the usual disclaimer before we start we do work for environmental charities do we not all correct But these are very much our own views so if anything that we say makes you want to wind back your hands and to uh (laughs) clockwork them into our face then please take it up with me and all directly and not with anyone for whom we work yes
0: just because you said it in that tone doesn't make it sensical (laughs) (laughs) sensical
1: (laughs) sensical isn't a word shall we get on with it yes yes
0: Thing Dave can't decide if it is good or not. So, things Dave can't decide if it is good or not. Very self-explanatory section header, this one. Um, and really could be the section header for most of what we discuss on this podcast. It's kind of the point, things are confusing, and this is as confusing as it comes. Should we, or should we not, be hugely in favor of what, to be honest, has gone on for a while, which is people saying, oh, this clock-changing business is all wrong, and we should do it different so that we have more daylight.
1: So here's the thing, I'll brace yourself because you know how sometimes on this podcast we talk about stuff that is too big for our little brains. I say mm. sometimes, I mean often. I say mm. often, I mean every week. Mm. Um, and normally the things that are too big for, our, big for our little brains are things like the death of all the animals and the total spiraling out of control of the only biosphere and chemical soup we can live in and the only place in the
0: universe we can live. Yes, I'll. Or well, for instance, like the, the current news that um, a bit of the Siberian Arctic is still not frozen, unprecedentedly oh. late. Uh, there's never been late October without ice in that particular bit of the Siberian Arctic. Um, and no one really knows what's going on. And it's, it's, um, it's just sort of spiraling out of control. Those are the sorts of things that you're referring to, right? Yes. I mean, you say
1: no one knows what's going on. We, we know what's going on.
0: Yeah No, but yes. yes. But Everyone's yes, you're... surprised at how yes. bad and how quickly things are going on.
1: Yes, I mean, that's all just splendid and wonderful, and can't we all have a nice laugh about
0: that? But this is a thing that's even more
1: complicated, even than the collapse of everything, and that is time. Now, all, oh, oh, by the time our listeners listenify to this... It will be winter, official, according to the sinister agencies in charge of our clocks.
0: Hang on, hang on, on, Oh, hang on. on. No, hang on. uh, This is the thing I'm also confused about. Aren't there kind of two measures of winter? Isn't there the one that, like, is based on what the moon's doing and solstices and equinoxes and stuff
1: oh, everything's always equinoxes and solstices and dancing around covered in daub isn't it for you
0: <laughs> yes um and i i can never sort of keep pace with when they are but there's also the other one which is just kind of look there are 12 months in a year four seasons so three each so yeah, you know, winter is december january february
1: I think everyone knows it's winter when you get your big winter coat out or when the clocks go back, which is what has just happened. Certainly, if you're anywhere in Europe or the UK, your clocks will now have gone back. I don't actually know when other people's clocks go back or if they go back. I don't know. Maybe other people don't bother dicking about with their clocks. But the reason why I do not know whether putting your clocks back or forward or messing about with your clocks is good or not is because I don't know whether it's good or not. And the reason why is because I like winter. Oh. I like it cold. I like it dark. I (sighs) like it rainy. I like being inside under a fluffy blanket with nice things to eat.
0: If there was one view that summed up your pointless contrarianism, that would be it. (laughs) It's not contrary. How, right. mm, let me think. Everyone else, everyone else hates winter. I'm going to be interesting and different, and I'm going to I'm going to like winter because everyone Do you else remember hates it.
1: Back in episode it's 100, pathetic. grow 100, up. Episode 122. Oh, when we talked about 1.5 degrees, we talked about the uh, climate change thing going on, changing all the climate, coming over here, messing up everything, right? And at that point there had been a gargantuan long heat wave, horribly hot for months and months and months and months and forever and forever. And everyone was walking around with sweaty, claggy knackers, and they were all saying things like, get out of my way, I hate you because it's hot, right? And punching each other, <laughs> and everything died. And you, you were the one that was like, no, it's brilliant, bring it on, mate, bring it on, can't get, yeah, all the climate change in the world, fantastic, bring it, uh, not, not hot enough for me, where's my coat? It's too cold.
0: I didn't realise you had the transcript of that episode in front of you. Um, yes. Yes, that, so that's what me, precisely what been contrarian. What I
1: and if you remember, I, I've been consistent that I don't like it horrible hot in the summer and I do like it nice and cold in the winter. So we're both capable capably a contrarian. And I also take objection to your statement that everyone hates winter. Shall we ask the Babble listeners... Shall we ask the babel listeners oh, whether they like what, winter or not? Cuz
0: one of your friends who's also like
1: Shall we ask the babel uh, listeners? Yes. Let's do the live reveal. Now we did a poll on our Twitter feed at the slash the wagon, right? <laughs> and we asked people on the internet uh whether or not they liked Winter. Where's the link gone? You've taken it out, so I can't use it. I Where haven't is it? taken it
0: out. Where's the link taken, gone? I haven't taken it out, but I'm just opening up. Uh, Hang on. Oh, oh we've had some more. You've taken the link uh, out, so I can't open I it. I haven't taken what? it out. I promise you I haven't taken it out, but I've got the poll in front of me. I'll read right, it while okay. you're, you're... Fine, read it out. can't find around. it. <laughs> the poll was, so the clocks are about to go back. Winter is coming. Are you A. Appalled, B. Delighted, C... N- and I can now exclusively reveal that A appalled scored forty eight per cent. B delighted scored eighteen per cent. And that's within the margin of error, so that could easily have been naught. And C <laughs> n- was thirty four per cent. Therefore so proving that the Babel than half of the Babel listeners agree with you. That a plurality of the Babel <laughs> listeners are correct. <laughs> that winter is appalling. No, no, and no. no, no. It's it's just awful. It's all awful. According to my maths,
1: the majority of Babel listeners are not appalled by winter coming. So everyone agrees with me.
0: That's, that's not how stats work, but it is 2020. Yes, it is. So stats work however <laughs> the hell you want them to work. Oh, people can come up with statistics to prove anything. 40% of all people know that.
1: <laughs> right, good. Anyway, but apparently I'm not allowed to like it anymore because I'm not allowed to like it cold and dark because we're going to change time. How about that? Great great news. Um, pray pray tell. Um, well, uh, there has been a thing for ages. There's been a campaign for the last, or oh, at least 10 years. And actually for quite a while. Maybe we should, in a minute, we're going to give you a history all of time. You're going to get a brief history of time. Not a difficult one involving bowling balls on mattresses and the uh, horizon entity point of a tipping black hole star thing. But time itself, the thing on your clocks, real time. Not that made up one that, that Stephen Hawking banged on about.
0: Yes. Do you mean time as in time, gentlemen, please? Or time, uh, ladies, please? That sort of time? That sort of time, the only time that matters, which is the time you actually do things
1: by. Uh, so, yes, we'll talk about that in a minute, um, but there has been a campaign for a long time to stop changing the clocks, uh, to uh, or sp- or maybe to change them, but to move them all a bit earlier, basically to stop this idea that we, in the winter, make it voluntarily Darker at like at what half past three, four o'clock, something like that. So we we in order to have more morning time daylight, we move the clocks. I'm getting confused already. Back a bit, spring forward, fall back. It's already gone wrong. No, spring forward, fall back. That's right. So we move the clocks back. That's all right.
0: I'll be honest. I was doing something else while you were talking, so I'm not sure which. What were you you doing? Uh, A couple of emails came through, and I was just wondering (laughs) what they were. Bastard. What were you explaining? Were you explaining the concept of, like, the status quo with regards to <laughs> clocks? Was Jesus that what you were explaining? Or were you Christ. explaining what people want to do differently? People both. People want to both. I did everything. I've done the whole episode. We're finished now. <laughs> okay. Spring forward, fall back. I get that. In spring, spring the fall, clocks fall go back. forward. In autumn, or fall, yes. if you're American, the clocks fall backwards. Yes, I get that. Yes. What's your point? And they, d- they do that in order that it's not
1: horrible dark in the morning. That's what they do that for um and there are some some people who say well a let's just not do that in the winter let's get rid of the whole clocky changey thing or b if we have to do it let's move summer forward by like an extra hour as well so that like you'll you can change your clocks if you like but then it's even like earlier and getting confused by time again in the summer So like gmt okay. plus two in the summer gmt plus one in the winter right okay. and the down, reason i want down, to do that no, no, well wait, now wait, you wait, want wait, me to wait. slow down
0: yes slow down because my brain is um is simple
1: Okay, one last time. These are small, but the ones out there are far away. I just wanted to just uh, tell you some things I learned. I learned some things whilst researching for this episode, and I want to just tell you them. Are you ready for some time facts? Yes, I am. right time fact number one the great western railway was the first company in the world to standardize the time across its route this is mental this is crazy right until the like the middle of the 19th century different places in britain had their own time they were just like yes half past four now mm. yes it is <laughs> yes it is and you turn up there with your with your london watch saying it was two thirty, and they go ah sorry Time too late. No, concerning. not in
0: Birmingham. It isn't, mate. <laughs> not <in> Birmingham. Mate. <laughs> you missed your appointment. You had one chance and you missed
1: it. No, that would genuinely happen. And obviously, if you're running a railway line, that's difficult. Right, that's tricky. So it was the railways that like they started to get standardised times across all of the railways. Even though some people then got all sulky about it, some of the more sort of rural little outposts got all sulky. So they had a clock on the station which had like their time, you know, like in rural Cambridgeshire, they're like, oh, well, I think it's you know seventeen forty six or whatever, and they put that, and then they'd have a little sulky extra hand that would show like what they called London time, which was the time (laughs) the train would actually turn up at. So they did that for a bit. Um, Amazing do they still do that in cambridgeshire by the way is that still what happens do they still mostly tell time by setting fire to a stick and seeing how long it takes to go to the ground
0: um it's it's eel based um it's, really it's, yeah it's how many eels are um running away from your webbed foot with six toes and in what direction that that determines the time where you're in I'm from in ely yeah yeah <laughs>
1: Yes, good. So it wasn't until uh, eighteen eighty, second fact, that like the law said, shut up and listen. This is the time. What? See that thing up there? See Big Ben? See that up there? That is the time. Uh, and they got that off of some bloke in Greenwich who just decided that was the time. Like this is a question for you. If you you know Greenwich Mean Time was like yes. the time,
0: right? And people were like, right. So when when did that start being the time? When did Greenwich Mean Time start being the time?
1: Uh, eighteen forty-seven was when that was what standardized railway time
0: Um, and was it 1847 everywhere or was it 1843 (laughs) in a few places
1: 1851 yeah very good good. um and they got that from the royal observatory in greenwich and i don't understand i do not understand how the original people who had no other way of working out time decided what the time was did they literally just stand around men in victorian hats and go it's half past four now we can tell that because uranus or
0: what? <laughs> well. Well, uh, I'm 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 guessing here and people like Big Dave are going to be wincing uh, cuz they will know. And I could just Google. I could just find this out, but what's no, the point print. when I when I could show there would myself be no, there to be There would the be full... no sustain that this podcast wouldn't exist <laughs> if we just Google things. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm I presume that, you know, London and England being all empirical and everything, and deciding that it was the center of the world. Someone in Greenwich said, "Right, let when it's when the sun is in the middle of the sky in Greenwich, that's that's noon, and that's that's noon here and everywhere that's on the same oh, in the middle of the longitude sky. or latitude. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah, longitude.
1: No, that makes sense. In the middle of the sky, that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine that's what they did."
1: Yeah they probably got a, uh, a vertical sticky uppy thing and when the sun was above that vertical sticky uppy thing like an observatory they probably said um there you are time for tea
0: yeah <laughs> Good. Glad we solved that one. And that's
1: why everyone had their own time, all, oh, because they all decided when noon was noon by looking at when the sky when the sun was up in the middle of the sky. Exactly. Which, oh. if you think about it, so
0: it turns it turns your point on its head because it's actually really weird to say it's the same time in, for instance, Anglesey on the left bit of the UK as it is in, for instance, Southend on the right bit of the UK. Like they are very different longitudes. The middle of the sky, sunny wise, is is different. Uh, but but London says it's tea time, so it's tea time. I bet that that would have pissed me off. That would have pissed me <laughs> right off. You know, all of the things that we hear today about thing, everything being London centric, which it is. Um, but core, cool, that is some land grab, isn't it? Hi there, we've come to take your time. I know you <laughs> think it's lunchtime, but it isn't lunchtime in London, and therefore it's not lunchtime, so put your sandwich down, get back to work until the people in London tell you so. Did you
1: hear that gap? Yeah, I did hear that. Did you hear that? Yeah, yeah, I did hear that gap. That London.
0: Ew. Oh.
1: Uh, another fact, I'll in 1907, a bloke called William Willett, it was just a bloke, it was a builder, he wasn't like an MP or anything like that. He wrote this, he wrote
0: it, he wrote a pamphlet called The Waste of Daylight, which is... Why do is- they call pamphlets? Pamphlets don't have any standing today. If, if I said to you, I marched into a room and said, I've got a pamphlet, no one would be very impressed, but it seems to be that pamphlets back in the day were like the thing. Well, that's I've right. done that's a, a pamphlet. Well, <laughs> Maybe we should
1: have a babble pamphlet. What would we put in it?
0: Oh, words. Yeah. Words.
1: Well, <laughs> well what we would probably put in it... Uh, where's Arabella? Arabella, would you like to read out what William Willett first proposed? You think what we do at the clocks now is crazy? This was William Willett's idea. I therefore venture to propose that at 2am on each of four Sunday mornings in April... Standard time shall advance 20 minutes and on each of four Sundays in September shall recede 20 minutes. Or in other words, that for eight Sundays of 24 hours each, we shall substitute four each 20 minutes less than 24 hours and four each 20 minutes more than 24 hours.
0: Well, right, like the first thing—the first thing I've got to say—is sentences were long in the olden days, weren't they? Weren't they? Weren't they?
1: Justin, people bang on. Why didn't they talk properly in the olden days or write properly? <laughs> <I> understand <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, so he—what he wanted to do was mess about with the clocks like a, a lot. You know,
0: every what was it every fourth, every <laughs> week or something? Yeah, every week on a Sunday, four times in a row, twenty minutes different each time. Which you know, that has merit. Yes, but it would be complicated, don't you think? That it's
1: now it suddenly became twenty minutes later than it was before uh, is complicated, given that we already get up. I'm, I'm now. usually
0: twenty minutes later than I was before. That's my sort of permanent state of being. You spend all summer being forty
1: <laughs> minutes later, and we can't have that, can we? <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So he basically he and his actually his basic proposal was you should move the talks the clocks top clocks talks move mm-hmm. the talks about mm. um, it's this it's this boozle that's going to my head. You should move the talks about. Um, so that you can have more daylight. And his ostensible reason was he was like, we're wasting all this daylight. There's all this daylight and we're wasting it when we're asleep. Um, and people should be getting out of bed earlier in the summer and making like proper use of all of this daylight. The actual reason is that he liked golf. And he wanted to. <laughs> he wanted. He wanted to get around a round of golfing all year round. Basically, that's what he wanted. Um, and I've got a question about that, which we should come to later. But it's right to the heart of a lot of what we've been talking about. Should I come to it now? I'll come to it now. Why didn't he just start his round of golf an hour earlier? That's what I don't understand. Um, I mean, I do. Yes,
0: that is the question that was. Yes, gently percolating through my brain it <laughs> yes. is. Surely no one's standing at your front door saying, I know it's lovely and sunny outside, but you must stay in bed until nine o'clock. And only at that point can you go and play golf? Like, couldn't you just gone and played golf when it was nice and sunny? Hello there, my name is Crichton2x4b523p, such a jerky middle name. And you are listening to Sustainababble.
1: Um, uh, but he did make... Now, now, maybe we should start talking, given we've been banging on for years. Maybe we should start talking about the environment, because he did actually start to make oh, the, the environment. case... environment. Yes, he started to make the case, Mr. William Willett, which is at the core still today of the case for um, getting rid of dark winter time altogether. Right, which is that he said that if we reduce the amount of time we have to spend lighting stuff by giving by making the most use of daylight that we can, i.e., mess about with the clocks a bit, then we will save two and a half million quid in heating, which is. Uh, sorry, in lighting, sorry, which is a lot of money in old times.
0: It well, he was yeah. This is nineteen oh seven, I think yes. he was doing yeah. his thing, wasn't it? So one hundred and thirteen years ago, two and a half million quid a year. I'd imagine that's quite a lot, really. Um, and then, yeah, that that makes sense. Like I I get that argument. Why would you put all of that money in the meter to have bright lights on in the afternoon? when you've slept through perfectly good daylight in the morning because the clocks are all funny. Let's make the clocks less funny so that you're sleeping through darkness, you wake up when it gets light, and then you don't have to put money in the meter to keep the lights on later in the afternoon. And you've got more money for boozing and vice. Um, uh, yes. Golf.
1: And that argument, Ol, uh became... We started to actually do it. So in the First World War, we dicked about the clocks um, because the Bosch were at it. So we wanted to be at it as well. Basically, in 1916... um, No one knows what
0: you mean when you say the Bosch. It's fine then, isn't it? No no one listening to this podcast knows what you mean when you say the Bosch. Then it's fine. Google it. Ask your
1: dad. Um, Okay. But, uh, yeah, because uh, the, the, the Bosch were messing about with their clocks for exactly that reason, to reduce coal consumption, we did it as well. And then after the First World War, um, it became permanent in 1920. So that was when British summertime became a
0: thing. So, so do you think that meant that battles were like, you know, when... when what, we turned we, up an hour late? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, guys, hang on a minute, you've got an hour head start on us. Well, you know, you should have been paying attention. We sent you the memo. When? At two o'clock. Yeah, but that was three o'clock hours. I mean, it hadn't arrived yet. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. It'll
1: be here in half an hour.
0: <laughs> I mean, fair play. That's genius. But uh, I'm not sure it's really cricket, is it?
1: <laughs> Bob humour after all, yeah?
0: I wouldn't be too optimistic.
1: <laughs> so the entire history of dicking about with a clock's all is about energy use. How about that? Now. that is inter- That is genuinely interesting genuinely interesting thing i just want to very quickly talk about
0: europe now a thing that europe did (laughs) from um, from from a genuinely interesting thing to europe
1: yes now we're going to keep it we're going to keep it quick europe you remember europe oh do you remember remember back when Sustainable started six years ago do you remember we were european do you remember
0: that Mm, yes yes i do
1: those lovely little burgundy passports that we had oh, you know those, uh, that, that little dash of French insouciance that we used to carry mm. around that German punctuality and that Spanish flair do you remember that? Mm. Remember when we had all those things and now we've and just that, that got French Boris
0: kind of potent sexuality oh. um, yeah I remember I think I remember that yeah Oozing oh, might, potent be, sexuality. Might, might be thinking of somebody else
1: <laughs> uh, yes, in 2019, the European Parliament voted to get rid of uh, British summertime. Well, sorry, British summertime, like daylight saving time, the equivalent. Um, so they voted to get rid of basically the idea of changing your clocks. So you could choose what you wanted to do. You could do <laughs> I love this. I absolutely, this, is, this is such a European thing to say, right? You could choose whether you wanted to be on either A, permanent summer, or B, permanent winter. um that was your that was your choice
0: (laughs) well i think we all know which one you'd go for
1: but everybody else
0: would be on permanent summer it feels like a stark
1: choice isn't it (laughs) (laughs) really um as you pointed out that would they should have worded the brexit referendum like that it might have um made things a bit more exactly exactly um Accused of being time lords, Tory MEP John Flack accused the EU of having even more control, wanting to control time itself, he said,
0: accusing them of being Doctor Who and messing about with time. Well, look, I don't think he's right. I don't think John Flack is is right, but I do think that in a in a in a context of like lots of gammons in england getting like very cross and upset about the perception that Europe is coming over here controlling our lives deciding as Europe that you're going to change everybody's time does kind of feed into that narrative and and rather fuel it um so i'm not sure i'm not sure it's the smartest move it anyway, oh, doesn't appear the to have gone anywhere has it
1: <laughs> as far as i can tell we've been going on for ages i really really want to pull you up on that but if i do we'll have a massive argument about it we'll be here all day okay um, ah, listen to the end of the podcast and I'll see if I can remember to say something about that. Right, right. good. Anyway, it didn't happen. They voted for it but then uh, they needed the national governments to approve it and then like the virus got in the way. So they haven't done that. But it probably will happen at some point. So by, like, by a few years' time in Europe, that is the end of dicking about with clocks.
0: So... A few other points of order about what has happened. There was an experiment where we did this in the UK, in Blighty, uh, in 70s, was it? Late 60s, early 70s, where so, we okay. had, I think, a three-year having a go at this um, this whole kind of shift to permanent. So GMT plus two in summer, GMT plus one in winter, was that right? GMT plus uh- I was if you say to, yeah, very good. Uh, and it didn't really go well, particularly up north. People in Scotland didn't like it. In fact, somebody on Twitter uh, got in touch with to us and said they remember living through it. Did you see that? Did you see that? Did you see that? No, I didn't. Ken, no, didn't I Ken Graham got in touch in response to our tweet, um, and it looked from his uh, profile picture, which is a uh, Scottish flag, a saltire, uh, that... He is from Scotland. And in fact, he says he's from Scotland. So I think those two facts... The the evidence is mounting. ...leave me to deduce he is from Scotland. Um, And Ken says, if you had experienced the no-change experiment in the early 70s from a Scottish perspective, you may have a different view. This is is replying to another Babel follower, uh, Charles Fowler, who said... Uh, he is appalled that we still change the clocks twice a year when the benefits of keeping British summertime all year round are so overwhelming. So Ken says, if you'd experienced the no change experiment in the 70s, from a Scottish perspective, a Scottish perspective, you may have a different view. I sat in a school classroom at 10am with it still dark outside. Safe routes to school, I'm not so sure. So the point about Scotland is it's a lot further up north and so in the winter it gets loads less light anyway. Um, and it is not much, and it's colder and it's not much fun traipsing to school or indeed work in pitch black darkness and and then sort of going, Oh good ten o'clock time for my first little coffee break or perhaps go outside where it's still dark. Um, So, yeah, they weren't keen. And, indeed, Scottish farmers even less keen. Um, I'd imagine being a farmer in Scotland in the winter is quite hard work and it being dark all morning is probably not that welcome.
1: Yeah, uh, mostly back in the 70s it was seen as being dangerous um because you've got farmers messing about with machines and stuff in the dark which i can get but it's not the 60s or the 70s no more it's the future and in the future we do everything by robot so i think there's a general sense that the the national farmers union i think is less worried about that than it was before um and an interesting thing all is that the other thing about like and uh, ken talks about it the idea of going to school so getting kids to school, obviously they're all tootling off in the dark, and that that's not seen as being very safe. But when they did that experiment, um, they showed that actually overall, because you had lighter evenings, that it was safer. So like there were there well, were in- more accidents involving kids did happen in the morning, but there were even more fewer accidents happening in the evening. If you see what I mean, oh.
0: Yes, and I think well, I think this gets to the point of how difficult it is to persuade people of a sort of inherently, not an inherently, a technically good thing. So you can point at a spreadsheet and go, look, there used to be this many children hurt and now there are fewer children hurt and therefore you should support this change, right? Fewer children hurt is good. And that, that is true. However, you're talking about different children and different parents because little Johnny who got hurt on the way to school because it's now darker on the way to school um is hurt and therefore doesn't like it and little Johnny's mummy and daddy get upset it gets upset and therefore don't like it however the people who you've protected who might have got hurt but didn't don't know that they might have got hurt and didn't so there there's no one to go oh yeah but I'm loads safer now because you don't you you're not Feeling like you've escaped an accident that you otherwise would have had, you just carried on your normal day, right? Does are you that making make sense? Are you making an appeal to take decisions based not
1: on pure emotional value, but maybe on some sort of expertise and fact? Because that's not very in.
0: No, I'm saying the opposite. I'm saying that's why, that's it's why it's so hard. It's 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 almost impossible to make decisions just based on right. rational expertise and fact because the beneficiaries don't know their beneficiaries. With you, yes, like, oh, I, I think. Totally right. Yes, yes, right? Yeah, I agree. And, yes. and, and, okay, and as, you, so-
1: as I think you said, but if not, I'm going to say it. And even if you did say it, I'm going to say it anyway and claim it as my own point. That okay. is a nice analogue for the entire way that the political system works in general, don't you think, Carl? Yes, exactly.
0: Don't <laughs> you think his position is admirably moral? Moral, perhaps, but extremely silly. <laughs> no man in his right mind could possibly contemplate such a proposal. <laughs> I'm contemplating it. <laughs>
1: The main argument is still that electricity demand would be lower if we gave ourselves more light in the winter, which we would do by uh, moving everything forward. Basically, that's the okay. that's the idea, right? Um, and uh, a lot. I mean, there's a stat that's like. 10 years old now. I don't really have a more up-to-date stat than this. I'm sure there is one. When uh, the fantastic organisation 1010 uh, ran a campaign called Lighter Later 10 years ago, which, uh, you know, they got loads of coverage for, but it ended up not working. But... um
0: that, which said, well, that, that was back in the days when we thought that um, we campaigners thought that kind of reasoned arguments to politicians might result in Parliament voting uh, for something. We've all grown up a bit um, since then, haven't we? Uh, yeah. But back back, back then, <laughs> they said that it would <laughs> take. the hard way. It
1: would take half a million tons of CO two. It would cut CO two by half a million tons, equivalent to fifty thousand cars driving around the globe every
0: year. Um, so that feels of its time, doesn't it? Do you know, like yes, I don't want to diss. 1010, they're they're now called Possible, they're a fantastic organisation, they were then, they are now, they're brilliant, go and check them out, but those comparisons were the comparisons we were all making assuming it would convince people (laughs) like, it's brilliant, like we're getting rid of the equivalent of loads of cars going around the world so that's good, isn't it? And I don't think anyone would communicate like that now. No, I don't think they would they just go,
1: there's an emergency emergency going on, (laughs)
0: yes emergency (laughs) Another one, another one. Act now! Um, um, and yeah, it uh, they, they was yes. brilliant. We should talk about it just a, t- a touch more. It was, it was brilliant, and they, they really, they put this kind of idea on the map for a lot of people, and they've got like. Te- 10 benefits listed on their website. It's still, it's still live. You can go to it. lighterlater.org and they list 10 benefits and they talk about the safety arguments. They talk about lower electricity bills for everybody. Talk about tourism. That's another point which we haven't covered that people say if the evenings are longer then the, basically the tourism season lasts a bit longer. So, um, you know, good for local economies. Don't quite get that. Uh, crime is good. No, it's not. Crime is bad, but there'll be less crime. People are healthier because they walk around. But, But oh, what?
1: Why don't the tourist attractions just open an hour earlier? I still don't. There's not. Shut up, Dave! There's not more time. We haven't (laughs) made
0: more time to go and look at the London Eye. We haven't. No, this change would create 25 hours in a day. That's the point. (laughs) There's something about this. Years, just... years would change from 365 days a year to 380. It's also completely king, insane. Humans are
1: completely, completely insane. If you just stand back and look at it, get up when you want, go and do what you want, go and play golf when you want, and it's fine that no, we don't do it like that. We make everyone because we still think... Well, maybe we did. Maybe we can come to this. We Because we, we still think it's like Victorian times and we still have to be at the factory, you know, at precisely 8.30 in the morning. We still run everything according to this regimented idea that stuff starts here and it finishes there, right? But maybe one of the things that this here virus is doing is starting for some people at the edges to shake that up a bit. And maybe we will stop this idea that maybe, like, we have to conform to a time that things happen in. And the only way we have to get more... Wind of time is to stop messing about with the clocks instead of just going like, well, less winter time, whatever. What am I saying? I've lost my argument. I'll take my glasses off and can't read the thing.
0: Great. Well, just to um, just to conclude my point, which I'd started, there uh, were lots of very good arguments for doing this. There always have been, there always will be. And to be clear, I think it's a good idea. I I a good, I, a good idea a to not
1: change the clocks anymore.
0: I think it is a good idea to change everything, put everything forward by one hour. So, right? like, so change, summertime still change the clocks, but you're doing GMT everything. GMT plus two, right, right. and non-British summertime becomes GMT plus one. Right. I think that is a good idea. However, I think it is a classic example of an idea that works in practice and is just never, ever, ever going to get people excited it's like proportional representation. My, my point is, it's just not, it's not a kind of, it's not a big enough deal. And it's specifically on the environment. This, this feels like, certainly the way it was presented 10 years ago, a kind of stealthy way to try and do a y thing. We so is, is, that is 10 kind years of,
1: ago that's how we had to do it because no one wanted it because exactly yes absolutely yes.
0: exactly and so we were all like okay there's three people in like the country who think that climate change is, is terrible no one agrees so we've got to sort of try and find ways of dressing climatey things up uh as other things so we'll talk about safety and we'll talk about tourism and we'll talk about um you know jobs and stuff and All of those things are important, and it obviously it is good to appeal to as wider audience as possible, but we're still... this isn't the priority. I guess that's what I'm getting to. In environmental terms, you mean? In environmental terms. Yeah, what is? Smashing capitalism? Changing changing the clocks is pretty low down the list now.
1: It's just a jump to the left. Well, actually, weirdly, I think I've changed my mind. I'll... Would you like to hear that I've changed my mind? I,
0: I still... I suppose, suppose that's your right. Yeah, again, not very, not very 2020, Dave.
1: Well, I can't really, if I'm going to be consistent, I can't really have a go at people who like playing golf for not when it becomes winter, just going and playing golf at a slightly different time of day and still getting as much golf. I can't really have a go at them, whilst also not just saying, if I'm so fond of getting up in the dark, why don't I just get up in the dark? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, <that's true. laughs> like I'm uh, lucky enough to to an extent be able to control my own work time so if I like it cold and dark why don't I just get up in the dark that's yeah I, like I'll do that great and then you lot so, can do with the wh- clots what you want and if you if it makes you happy and less likely to be shouty and sweary in the summer then go for it
0: fantastic Super. well it's awesome. I think we're all fabulously confused but um, also in entire agreement
1: right Good, hello, Dave here. Uh, Now, slight balls up. You could probably hear all the way through that babble, if you are keen of ear, that the audio on my track was all crickly crackly. And as it went on, it started to pick up interference from some kind of weird radio station or something. I don't know what's going on. It's a mystery. But what happened was, basically, we had done other stuff. We recorded other things. We had a whole section about inhofery. But we couldn't use it because my audio got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. So we had to kind of stop it there. And now I'm having to record this bit separately. Ol is very cross at me, um, and the only way I can stop him quitting babble forever and setting fire to my shoes is to do this and be very apologetic. So I'm very sorry. But I hope you enjoyed the babble. I'll do all the stuff. You can get in touch with us and tell us what you thought of the show. We are on the internet. You can just search for us and find us. I don't have Ol to tell me that I'm doing it wrong. Twitter, Facebook, hello at sustainababble.fish is the email address. And what else? Oh yeah, Patreon. We are listener-supported podcast, very important, particularly at the Mo. So if you like what you hear and you want to bung us a few quids to contribute to the running costs of this esteemed and most wonderful and definitely not technically flaky podcast, you can do so at www.patreon.com slash sustainababble couple of other bits of admin. Uh, We will be appearing live, live babble, well, online live babble at the wonderful thing called Future Fest, which is run by Pebble magazine. It's like an online festival, normally online, but online this time, uh, full of loads of great environmental things, including some live podcasts, including live babble. So we will be doing a live episode of the show. And also I will be doing a how to make a podcast type sessions, like a skill sharing thing. So that'll be fun, won't it? Particularly ironic, given that evidently I don't know how to make a podcast well enough to stop my microphone picking up Jazz FM. Uh, so there's that. You can go to, what is it, pebblefuturefest.com and get older tickets for that. Pretty cheap. Get some babble in your eyes as well as in your ears. Uh, what else? Oh, well, the other thing is, if you are an American, you know what you need to do. That's it. If you vote for someone orange, don't listen to us ever again that's all i have to say about the matter right i think that's about it we will be back next week thank you as ever to the wonderful dickie moore for the music that starts ends and into twinkles this podcast and to the wonderful arthur stovall for the logo what adorns it and to arabella for so nobly reading out the eco guff sorry again all if you've even made it this far which i doubt you have for ballsing everything up i'm sorry i'm very sorry please don't hit my face Part of Europe too, or we were. It wasn't Europe doing things to us, we were doing it. We made a lot of the rules in the first place. We were part of Europe, one of the largest countries with relatively the most influence.
0: I thought you said you weren't going to say it.
1: Couldn't help myself. Anyway, didn't I?